1: whether we're talking one on one with business professionals or deep diving into thought provoking case studies, we'll find the answers to your questions because this is the show you've been waiting for. Now, let's think inside the box with your host, Eric Music.
0: Welcome to the Subscription Box Show. I'm your host, Eric Music, and I want to help you build, grow, and even start your very own subscription box business. Tune in three days a week as I interview the top entrepreneurs, leaders, and subscription box owners in the industry. You'll be able to take their knowledge, experience, and expertise and apply it to your business. Welcome here, everyone, wherever you might be listening from. Today is our weekly solo show where we typically dive deep into a subject that is specific to the subscription box industry. And that will still be the case today as hopefully most subscription boxes do hit the one year mark. As we wind down 2020, we hit a milestone in our very own subscription box business. On December 10th, my subscription box, Louis & Lea, which I have co-founded with my wife, Christine, had its one-year anniversary. So yay to us. And as it is custom to do on a birthday, we did celebrate, of course. But maybe more so, we paused and reflected on some of the lessons that either really helped us along our first year or really slowed us down. And believe me, there are no shortages of dumb things that I do and that I did, but the one thing to always remember is that although hard to swallow at the time of the mistake or setback, it's key to remember that it isn't necessarily a failure if, and only if, you're able to learn from it and take something away from it to help you along going forward. So I can't wait to share with you my lessons learned over the past year in the subscription business. But first, I'd like for you to please share this podcast with anyone and everyone you think would be both interested in it and could learn and grow from it if you could be so kind to send them to either the SubscriptionBoxShow.com or to the Subscription Box Show Facebook group. Podcasts also thrive off of ratings and reviews. Other than shares, it's quite literally the only algorithm that helps shows grow and get noticed. So if this show has benefited you in any way, could you please just take a few moments to give it a rating and review on iTunes? At the very least, if you don't know how to do that, could you please hit that subscribe or follow button on whatever app you use to listen to the show? So thanks in advance for that, and thank you for listening to the Subscription Box Show. I truly appreciate every single one of you. Now, without further ado, here are the most memorable lessons I learned in my first year in the subscription, well, maybe just business in general. Welcome here, everyone, wherever you are listening from. Super happy to have you along for this episode. A special one for sure for us. One year is business, is nothing to write home about, but it is significant enough. And for us, our first business, it was a lot of fun. We definitely had some highs and some lows and definitely learned a ton of lessons that will hopefully help you avoid them. So let's start right there, the highs and the lows. Lesson number one is to learn to appreciate and celebrate your highs. Too often, I think, we take those good feeling moments and scoff at them as not being good or great enough. Or worse yet, you might have the tendency to compare your win to someone else's success. It could look something like this. So for an example, sure, I'm happy to have finally launched, but look at them. They've been around since 2014. Or it could be something like this. Sure, I just hit my first 50 subs, but so-and-so box probably has around 50K. So just remember, whether you're having a good day or a great month in acquisition, appreciate those little moments and plan to celebrate them. Don't compare your chapter one with someone else's chapter 20. Lesson number two would be the juxtaposition, I guess, of lesson number one, which is that having lows suck. I know I'm a super emotional guy who wears his emotions on his sleeve. When I'm pumped, you know it. When things aren't going so good, you can unfortunately also know that as well. But the important lesson here is that although going through lows and lulls sucks, you need to figure a way to deal with them. Here's where I think there isn't one piece of advice that can help everyone. Not sure there's a blanket statement or any kind of motivational thing I can say that unanimously works for everyone. But, and there is a but, if you can learn what works for you, figure that part out and it will facilitate the way out of that low couple of tangible examples for that. For me, if I'm in a rut, I like to bear down on my routine. If I get away from it, I know that I'm screwed. I also like to sometimes take a weekend completely off and start fresh on Monday. So think of stuff like that that could help you. Lesson number three is research. We all talk about research, but what exactly is research? To me, in the beginning, especially, it was websites. We've spent so much time redoing our website, CRO platforms, plugins, tech stack, We've wasted a ton of money trying to get the site right because we kind of just started off building a site without really looking into what exactly it was that we wanted, without a plan, if you will. I think it would be wise for you to not only ask people what they think, what they use, but that in and of itself can also lead you astray. What is it that you want? What is it that you need? What is it that will be the best option or fit for your product, your offer, and your customers? This is your store. Have a plan before you build it and know exactly where you want to go with it. Then be prepared to change it around weekly, sometimes even daily. But seriously, you'll always be tweaking. So don't just go with a website platform, for example, because a couple of friends recommended it and they use it. It might not be a fit for you. Lesson number four is a big one that cost us a ton of time, the pre-launch. I pretty much hate those two words, to be quite honest. And that's partly because it was our fault we didn't do one. Worst part is, I don't think it is because we didn't know about it. It's because we thought we didn't need one. I actually thought our idea was so awesome, which it is, but that's beside the point I'm making here. But I thought it was so mind-blowingly great that I'd send a message to my 1,000 Facebook friends and by word of mouth and a very false sense of entitlement that our business would simply take off. Now, trust me, when I say I was raw, I'm not kidding you. I started this business with zero business experience. I was a blue-collared worker to the bone, and I still am, actually. But it's just to say that even with a massive fail like that, you can learn from your mistakes and still succeed. But if you're getting ready to launch and haven't done a pre-launch yet, you probably want to do one and you will not regret it. Lesson number five is sort of a play off of that. Lesson number four, and that is the dreaded email list. Another colossal fail on our part. I've since learned a thing or two about them, and we often share those with others who ask in the Facebook group. But having an interested group of people to email irregularly is probably the most valuable thing your business has or owns. Why? Because you own it 100%. No Facebook algorithm or change to Google Ads can change that. In fact, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Google, Instagram could all go away, and you could still run a profitable business with a wicked email list. So lesson number five is start growing your email list and continue to always grow and nurture it. Own that. All right, let's take a quick break. But once we get back, I will tackle the last lessons we learned in our first year to help you along. This episode is sponsored by Louis and Leia. Louis and Leia's December long Christmas sale is on now. Every box is on sale and Louis and Leia have created 17 perfectly curated and massively discounted stocking stuffers and grab bags that will make the perfect gift for the whole family have someone who's hard to buy for and want to get something unique that they'll love, Louie and Leia have a bundle for you. Now until Christmas, you will also receive two free exclusive Louie and Leia Christmas prints valued at $18, plus you'll receive free shipping when you spend $75. Don't trust shipping will get your gift in time? No problem, Louie and Leia also offer e-gift cards. But don't wait too long. Limited quantities on each bundle. To get your perfect unique gift, simply visit the link in the show notes or head over to LouinLeia.com. That's Louis, L O U I S, and Leah, L E A dot com. Louis and Leah, subscriptions, Christmas gifts, and now even stocking stuffers. Welcome back and thanks again for listening. Okay, so before the break, I gave you five lessons. So let's just keep going down the list from there. Lesson number six is inventory. Oh, this is a big one. Inventory is always a struggle in the subscription business. So don't make it messier by pre-ordering all your products to get all these amazing MOQs hoping and hoping it'll sell. Let the customers via the pre-sale pay upfront for the items going in the box. That solves two issues. One, the cost of the items and your inventory. And two, it gives you an idea of how many members you'll be serving in the first month. So have a pre-sale and plan ahead. Let the customers know you're in the pre-sale phase and they'll get their boxes X amount of time later That gives you time to process, order, stock, and then ship them out. Lesson number seven, your customers don't give a crap about your boxes. Well, sort of. They do and they don't. So when we were in those early planning out stages, we thought having a beautiful box with ink everywhere was the key to customer experience. Inside, outside, and everywhere in between. That screams quality, right? Wrong. That screams expensive-ass boxes you'll have to price in. In the beginning, you want something that certainly looks good, but having a craft-colored box with your logo on the top is plenty good, and it will save you a ton of money. Trust me, it's not that important. Look at Stitch Fix, craft box, plain logo on top. Lesson number eight. In the beginning, don't get caught up in the small, useless stuff, and most of us all do this. Raise your hand if you thought the most important things to your new business was your logo, your name, the box company you're going to be using, The logo on the packaging going in it, the shelves in your garage, the logistics company, custom stuff, the lawyer, the accountant, the social posts and the bookkeeper. Shall I keep going? Here are the only important things to worry about in the beginning. Ready? What is your offering? What is it you are offering? What's unique about it? Your USP, the value that you're bringing. Who are you going to serve? And do people actually want it? To summarize, do you have a viable business idea? That's all that matters in the beginning. Once you know you do and you know who you're going to serve, you're ready to start getting in the weeds with all that other stuff. Lesson number nine, profit margins. Eric, what should my profit margins be? That's a great question. I get asked a lot and I have no clue what the answer is. Why? Because too many circumstances play into it. I can say this, at some point you need to be profitable, hopefully 50% plus. But as Ani Ora from Wolfpack told me, in the beginning, you might have to be okay not making any profit. This took me a long time to digest. I wanted to be as profitable as possible and I compared myself to others in my niche right from day one. Problem is my MOQ and price points weren't as good as the bigger players. So my 50% profit meant my prices were just too high regardless of my unique value offer. Customers looking for products like mine weren't looking at paying that high of a price. So lowering the cost to even the playing field brought some cash flow back in and allowed us to get more aggressive elsewhere. Paid ads, for example. If I could add to lesson nine, I would say, know, your numbers. I still struggle with this because I hate details. I'm the big picture guy in the business, but it's key to know your numbers. And you also need to know that it's easier to drop your price than to hike it. So if you're unsure, start high, price in free shipping and go from there. Lesson number 10, start local. Word of caution, I can only speak as a bootstrapped subpreneur. We are 100% self-funded, so I can't speak to starting a business that's backed by some big money. But if you're bootstrapping, you can start local. When we launched last December, we wanted to really focus on the United States. After all, they have 10 to 15 times the population of Canada, right? While that is true, every state and province has its own demographic and behaviors, if you will. Think Washington State versus Washington, D.C., or California versus Oklahoma, Manitoba versus Quebec, British Columbia versus Prince Edward Island. All very different, all unique markets with unique marketing opportunities. So if I could offer some advice when you launch, or even if you've already launched and feel stuck, go back to serving local. We are. A couple of things about that. Number one, shipping. Shipping is so expensive and unreliable to a certain degree. Shipping times are unpredictable right now, especially when you're crossing the border. Not to mention, you need to think about customs, another headache. Focusing locally gives you the ability to be more hands-on and more reliable, especially in those first few months, especially in the beginning when you're so busy and wearing all the hats. Number two, COVID trends. While being an international success is the goal, right now the trend is to definitely support and shop local. Shutdowns have reignited the small business to really be able to serve their local cities and neighborhoods. So use that to your advantage and market yourself as a local shop. Number three, control. Going local also gives you a lot more control and bang for your buck. Thinking of getting into paid ads? How about spending money on Facebook ads on your closest three cities instead of spending it on a country or maybe countries? Maybe it's just your state. How much easier will it be to get in front of local newspapers, journalists, and TV shows locally versus nationally? Plus, it'll give you some good experience for the big boys one day, or maybe a connection or two. Plus, it instantly helps out your searchability. All right, I could go on and on. So many lessons learned in our first year. So many things I could go on sharing, but these were my top ones that I think could help you along wherever you are in your subscription journey. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Subscription Box Show. I can't wait to hear what you all have cooking for the end of Q4 December push. Tell me in the Subscription Box Show Facebook group if you had or didn't have anything planned for this month. And if you didn't, are you going to take some action? Maybe we could track and get some results posted in the new year. If you felt this episode helped you, then make sure to share it with anyone you think would benefit from it. If you want more information on anything I just talked about, simply post your questions in the Facebook group and the community will certainly help you out with their experience. And of course, I can chime in once in a while as well. Thanks again for listening. I'm your host, Eric Music. And remember, words can inspire, thoughts can provoke, but only action truly brings you closer to your dreams.
1: That's all for this episode of The Subscription Box Show. But your next unboxing is only a few clicks away. Head over to subscriptionboxshow.com to connect with your host on social media or book a call to give your input on today's episode and what topics you'd like to see covered in future episodes of The Subscription Box Show. Remember, don't be afraid of change. Be afraid of standing still.